It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic actually had a good night. I mean, sure, they were down 19. Sure, the Milwaukee Bucks are the Milwaukee Bucks, but hey, the Magic fought at least. Maybe we're closer to ending this losing streak. Maybe we're closer to Jonathan Isaac coming back. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to get your hopes up. Let's get to it. It's time for a moral victory edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 6th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic still find themselves one play short or a couple plays short, but at least we're back to that level. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take what I can get in the midst of a nine-game losing streak. We'll break down Monday's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Plus, news on the Jonathan Isaac front. That's that's always exciting. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Dolander Magic uh, are not a team that's ready uh, to, to, to compete every night against a team of the quality of the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I'm just going to say that here flat out. Um, the Bucks are really good. Um, they are, you know, obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo makes up for a lot of mistakes and he can, even when the team is down, guys, he will fill in those gaps. And, and that's obviously kind of the star that a championship team needs. That's the star that we're hoping maybe Paolo Bencaro can one day be, that, you know, Franz Wagner can one day be. Um, that's that's the star that every team is missing. And, and, and Giannis is just, look, the Magic had a really good game plan on Giannis. They executed that game plan fairly well, honestly, and it it, it it didn't matter. Giannis hit jumpers, he hit threes, he hit his free throws. They're, essentially, what I'm trying to say here is 
The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Magic the way the Magic wanted them to beat them for the most part. Outside of turnovers and fast break opportunities, which are, you know, kind of the struggles for this young Magic team, the Bucks took the shots the Magic wanted them to take and made them. I mean, what are you going to do when, when Sandro um, Mikashvili, sorry, I butchered that name. Let me let me get that name correct. Let me pull up my box or make sure I get that name right. Hold on a sec. Um, I, I, I can't look. Uh, Sandro Mamukelashvili, there we go. Uh, Sandro Mamukelashvili hits a three uh, at a critical critical juncture in the fourth quarter. Like he's a sub thirty percent three point shooter, I believe. Like that's the shot you want them taking. So I, I I'm at this point in a nine game losing streak. I'm worried less about what the other team is doing than what the Magic are doing. Because at the end of the day, you know, competing and playing hard is not about the other team. That's, that's you know, when it comes down to winning, when it comes down to, you know, to taking that next step, yeah, that's going to matter. But right now, the Magic just need to get themselves right and, and focus on themselves and focus on what they need to do. And to that point, the Magic largely did that in this game. If, if it feels like it's a moral victory Tuesday, it's because... Orlando got the ball moving offensively the way they want. They got Markel Fultz, who's finally starting to look comfortable and look like himself. Paolo Bancaro was everywhere on the floor, both honestly defensively with his rebounding, as well as offensively with his passing. Uh, Franz Wagner took over in critical points in the game. Mo Mo Wagner was a workhorse on both ends of the floor. This, you know, we've been dealing with a problem of effort and attention to detail and execution throughout most of the season, effort was not the problem. Honestly, attention to detail wasn't the problem. Execution wasn't the problem. The Magic played a really good game. And, and, and you know, you know, Magic broadcast, you know, team broadcasts are obviously a little bit slanted. You know, they're, they're certainly paid by the teams. They, they, they try to paint the team in a positive light. But I agreed with Brian Hill after the game. Brian Hill doesn't usually, you know, he pulls his punches, but he doesn't hold back. He said this was a really good game for the team against a really good Bucks team. They just missed some shots. And honestly, yes, the Magic were down by 19 at one point in the second half. It didn't look like Milwaukee was going to run away, but Orlando got back to that mentality and that attitude they had early in the season where they don't quit, where they fight through everything, where they give themselves at least a puncher's chance of getting back in the game and of winning the game. And so when it came down to it, Orlando made a run. They got back in the game. Terrence Ross hit a three that cut it to four. Orlando was down five with two minutes to play. That is in the game. I am sorry. I don't care how far down you were before. Down five, two minutes to play. A, that's clutch minutes. And B, that's in the game. That is a chance to win. And Franz Wagner makes a great drive through the lane, passes it to a wide-open Caleb Houston. He misses an open three, gets his own rebound, finds Terrence Ross. He repositions himself at the top of the key for an open three. He misses it. Milwaukee goes back to the other end, gets gets a bucket from Giannis Antetokounmpo, and, and that's all she wrote. This game came down to making and missing shots, which is where you want it to be. Uh, again, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be upset if Orlando loses a game because they miss a shot. It's, as Jamal Mosley said after the game, it's getting the good shot. It's going through the process of getting a good shot that matters because you have to have faith that you're going to make those shots eventually. You're going to have to, you have to have faith that those shots are going to go down. 
this Magic team has always been one or two plays short. And, 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 and with the way some of these losses have piled up, getting back to being one or two plays short, as low-hanging fruit as that goal is, is the goal. So Orlando got back there on, on Monday night. Um, again, the fight was there, the effort was there, the energy was there, the offense was really popping. I really loved how the ball moved. That really looked like they were comfortable playing with Markel Fultz for the first time, playing off of him, playing with him. Uh, you know, Franz and Paolo picked their spots really well. You know, Markel did a really good job seeking out good matchups and, and, and helping put the team in the right positions the way that we expect them to. Orlando just missed shots. They shot sub 40%. You're not beating the Bucks shooting less than 40% from the floor. And so, it, I mean, again, I, I don't know how y'all feel. I don't know how you all feel. I, I'm fine losing a game because you miss shots. As long as they're good shots. As long as you're not forcing shots. And, and this was one of the better offensive games in terms of flow that they've played. They just couldn't hit shots. And we'll get into this when we go to the box score here in the next segment. But, you know, the Magic really kind of let go of this game and lost this game because they were up seven early in the game. They really kind of lost this game when they broke their lineup and the bench came in. And, you know, again, you're, you know, Cole Anthony was 0 for 9, missed all nine of his shots. Uh, Terrence Ross couldn't hit many of his shots. He even tweeted after the game that he couldn't hit a shot in this shot this this evening. Um, you know, Admiral Schofield's playing backup center. The, the Magic really fell behind and fell behind big because they, they, they had no chance to win the minutes that their bench was in. And with how injury-depleted this team is, as even they noted on the Magic broadcast, our second unit's really their third unit. It's really hard to win with the, with the injuries the Magic are facing, and, and, and that can't be a total excuse, but Admiral Schofield is still playing backup center. Mo Wagner's starting at center, Bull Bull's starting next to him. They've got no size on that bench behind him. They go from jumbo big lineups to super small lineups. And, and like I said yesterday, I, I do think a lineup change or rotation shift is, is, is something the team should consider. I think that they should um, that they should look to balance that a little bit more, even if you're just putting Bull Bull at center in those backup units or aligning Bull Bull to play center in those backup units. Um, it, it's This team has, has a lot that it needs to work through and a lot that it needs to figure out to to put itself to put itself in a better position to win games on a nightly basis. Having said that, though, if Orlando plays with the effort, energy, attention to detail, and execution that they played with Monday night, this losing streak is over on Wednesday, and they're going to start winning some games again. And that's got to be the message, and that's got to be the the focus and the idea. I mean, it's one thing to do bring this against the Milwaukee Bucks, and the LA Clippers are also a good team. It's another thing to do it against, you know, the Clippers. The, you know, the Raptors are good. The Magic are playing good teams. They should be focused. And just, but learning how to keep your focus when you're not playing a Giannis Antetokounmpo every night, that's that's really, a, that's one of the big struggles for young teams. And that's why you see teams like Orlando play up and down to their competition, you know, sort of like how this game was. The Magic got their effort back. That's a positive sign with the way that they've been playing of late. Um, but obviously, it, it's still not enough. And that's been sort of the message here. You know, throughout the season is the Magic are one or two plays away. They're they're so close to getting over that hill. They're so close to getting over that hump. But they're not there yet. Whether that's because of injuries, whether that's because of the experience, whether that's because of the lack of skill level that they need to do that. They aren't there yet. 
And that's where things sit today. We're going to go through the box score real fast, talk a little bit about this game on a more granular level. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. I played Daily Fantasy. I played some of those other Daily Fantasy games. And frankly, it was so discouraging to play because you really didn't know what the scoring was all the time. Um, you're playing in these, you know, like I'm playing for low stakes. I'm not playing for a ton of money, but you're playing in these gigantic pools and you're just sitting there hoping and watching, watching the standings all night saying, man, if I could just get my money back or make two or three bucks, that's a good night. Well, when you look a little bit closer, you notice that it's always the same names at the top and they usually have multiple entries there near the top. Those other Daily Fantasy games aren't the way to play Daily Fantasy. Prize Picks is the way to play fantasy sports. I've been playing prize picks here for a little while, and more often than not, I make my money back at minimum. More often than not, I'm winning big, sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes even five times my money. In fact, if you play prize picks, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Here's how you play the game. You pick two to six players, and if they go if they go above or below their projected stat value, you win big. So let's say you're looking at tomorrow night's game and you think Paolo Bancaro will score more than 20 points. Well, if his projection is 19 and a half points, you hit that more button and then you group them together with other players. Like say, let's say Marco Fultz, more than four and a half assists. I think that's a decent bet, even though he only had two assists in, in Monday's game. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available. And PrizePix offers projections on any sport you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, so many more. And the best part is you can actually combine uh, groupings. So like what I'll do over the weekend, I'll pick, a few N- I'll pick a few NBA players and projections on Friday or Saturday, and then I'll add some football on Sunday. I'll take Tom Brady, you know, less than 100, uh, 270 passing yards because the Bucks are a mess. Um, you, could do, you could combine sports too, so it makes the whole sports weekend that much more fun. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. It has safe and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida and in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's promo code locked on. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. If you're next, listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Let's go through the final box score of this one. I think that's going to be more instructive, uh, telling kind of the story of this game. Then talking about the game in sort of generalities, um, it was, you know, it, again, the Bucks are really, really good. And for the Magic to beat a team like Milwaukee, even without Brooke Lopez, it's going to take not just a good effort, but a perfect effort. That's how good Milwaukee is. Milwaukee, to, you know, Milwaukee, Boston are the two, two favorites with the East right now. I think their heads and tails better than just about everybody, uh, everybody out there. Um, they... You know, again, I thought Orlando did a good job on Giannis. 34 points, 12 for 21 shooting, 8 for 11 from the line, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 turnovers, minus 4 in the game. That's doing a good job on Giannis, guys. I hate to say it. Um, But Orlando is not going to beat a team like Milwaukee, shooting 36.6% from the floor. They're 34 for 93, 8 for 32 from beyond the arc. It's really a wonder that Orlando stayed in this game. And again, that's a credit to their effort and their overall execution. I've been saying this for a while, so I will repeat it. The way Orlando is making up for their lack of three-point shooting. Milwaukee made 13 of 43 pointers. Chris Middleton was 0 for 7. The way way Orlando makes up for its lack of three-point shooting right now is they score, is they win the paint, and they win the free throw line. They they get a lot from the free throw line. So Orlando getting 26 for 29 shooting from the foul line, that tells me the Magic's offense is working. That tells me that the Magic are getting in the paint they're putting pressure on the defense, and they're getting fouls. This is, like, again, this is a top five team in terms of free throw rate. The free throw free throw attempts over their, their field goal attempts. And they're 29 for nine, over 93 here. Uh, let me do some math here. That's 31.2%. That's really good. Having a free throw rate of more than 30% is really, really good. Um, Say, you know, there's a lot of parts of this offense that have to come back into, into configuration, but... That alone has made the Magic's offense better. I, again, the, I, I get the numbers don't show that yet, but if the Magic can, if the Magic can be a consistent team getting to the foul line for the next ten years, or you know, for, for the next eight years with Paolo Bancaro, their offense is going to be fine. They're going to they're going to find the pieces to make this offense work. If if that is a central part of it, in the paint too, then Orlando did a really really good job defending the paint again. Orlando executed its game plan really, really well. And, and to me, that's what's most impressive and I, and I hope encouraging about this team is they had a game plan and they executed it well. Orlando won the points in the paint 46 to 38. They were 23 for 49 in the paint. So the Magic shooting is still an issue there. Milwaukee was 19 of 29 in the paint. Ignore the 19. The Bucks took only 29 field goal attempts in the paint. Now, granted, some of that, like with the Magic, 
is fouls. Milwaukee got to the line for 26 free throws. They were 20 for 26 from the foul line. Uh, Antetokounmpo had 11 of those. Um, they got to the foul line plenty. So it wasn't like they weren't, weren't putting pressure on the paint. And, and, and even Mo Wagner said after the game, after he fouled out, that, you know, he made some silly fouls late in the game that, that really cost that really cost him and, and kept him out, you know, at critical at a critical juncture at the end of the game when he fouled out. Um, but overall, you know, again, Orlando is do, was doing the things that they typically have to do to win. They have to win the paint. They have to win the free throw battle. That's how they make up for the three-point shooting. Then they just got to make some shots. Again, they're not winning any games shooting 36.6% from the floor. That, that This team... It, you know, Milwaukee might be able to get away with that because they're the Bucs. This Magic team has to shoot well to win. Their margin for error is just much smaller, especially against a team like Milwaukee. If the Magic shoot the ball better, they probably win this game. You know, again, I, I really was really impressed with Orlando's game plan. They did a good job making Giannis into a shooter. He made some of his shots. You live with that. Um, making him a little bit of a passer, but not letting him get downhill. I mean, certainly he did do that at times. He's Giannis, he's going to break your defense a few times, but... I was really impressed with the Magic's game plan and their execution. If they bring this attention to detail on Wednesday, they're going to win. No disrespect to the LA Clippers. The LA Clippers present their own problems. But Orlando is, like Mo Wagner said after the game, we know if we do the right things, we are capable of beating anyone. Orlando, again, there's I, I use this thing, I use, use this phrase a lot. There's like five or six things Orlando has to do to win. They have to do four or five of them. They probably did three, maybe four, maybe five of them. And they're missing that last bit. And that's making some darn jumpers. I mean, if the Magic made some jumpers, they would have won this game, I think. So let's dive into some individual performances. Um, Franz Wagner, 25 points, 8 for 13 shooting, 2 for 6 from the 3-point line, 7 for 7 from the foul line, 6, rebound, uh, six rebounds, 3 three turnovers. Um, it, it took a while for Franz to get going. He got popped in the mouth and then, or popped in the nose, and then really got going and really played well. Um you know, I, I think Franz is still learning how to insert himself into games and when to, when to kind of, you know, he's, right now, he's the guy the Magic turn to when they need to get a basket um, and they need someone to kind of lift them up. And and, I, and that's obviously not a position Franz has been in very much uh, in his career and in his, uh, and in his basketball life. Um, and so I think there's still a, a learning curve going on with that because that, I don't, I just don't think that's his mind frame, but he he really stepped up in the fourth quarter, made some really big plays. Let me pull up his fourth quarter stats here. Uh, Franz had 15 points in the fourth quarter, five for seven shooting. So again, good chunk of it coming at the end of the game. 15 of his 25 coming at the end of the game. Once he gets himself going and gets the basket, like he makes the right reads, he makes the right plays. It's just about getting there. They're running a lot, a little bit more pick and roll with him. Uh, that's unlocked him a little bit. The Magic know they have that pet play when they need to go to it, so... Um, you know, I'd like to see Franz, you know, Franz figure out how to insert himself into the game more and, and just, uh, you know, again, he's, he's really good, guys. He's, he's really, really good. I, there's, there's, there's a lot to be excited about with him. Markel Fultz, probably his best game in a Magic uniform, best game this season. 20 points, 8 for 18 shooting, made two three-pointers, five rebounds, just two turnovers, just two assists, um, plus eight for the game. We'll get to that plus minus here in a minute. Um, but Marco Fultz looked the most under control that he has been uh, since coming back from the injury. Uh, he just looked he just looked very composed, uh, just very carefully you know very carefully picking his spots, getting to the basket. And yeah, he missed some shots that he's going to make, and and and, and, I, and probably took a few too many shots, but got to his spots, made his baskets, made some nice passes that players couldn't convert on. 
really helped the team pick up the pace when they needed to. Just did a great job uh, uh, controlling the tempo. Uh, just a really solid game for Markel Fultz. Um, Paolo Bancaro, I thought, had a really nice game. And it's not going to look like it looking at a stat sheet. 20 points, 4 for 16 shooting, over 3 from beyond the arc. He was very eager to take on Drew Holiday in the post. He is probably not ready to do that. But by the same token, he also drew a fair amount of fouls by taking smaller players in the post. 12 for 15 from the foul line. Really just impressed with how Paolo Bancaro kept himself involved in the game, even though he didn't shoot the ball well. Still made a positive impact offensively. Added to that with seven assists, five offensive rebounds. So again, five, maybe, I don't think all of them were off this, but essentially five of his 12 misses he got back. Now, obviously he didn't score on all of those, or maybe he did because of the free throw shooting, but um, but Paolo was Paolo was right there and, and he was super active on the glass. 12 rebounds for Paolo Bancaro. Whoever challenged him to be a better rebounder, he brings this focus on the glass and on the boards. The Magic's rebounding problems are going to go away. Um, this 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 to me was a very big game for Paolo Bancaro because he didn't shoot the ball well, but he stayed composed. He stayed in it offensively. He still made positive contributions. He moved the ball well. He got to the he got to the glass on both ends of the floor. This is the focus the Magic need from Paolo Bancaro because we know the scoring is going to come. We know the shooting is going to come. He brings this kind of effort and attention to detail on the little things. He's gonna he's gonna really make an impact for this team. Final guy to go through, uh, Bo Wagner, 19.7 for 10 shooting, 12 rebounds for him. He did eventually foul out. This really solid, the Magic have been looking for a paint presence, needed that paint presence very, very badly. Was really solid defensively, helping build the wall to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, again, not perfect by any means. He, he, he fully admits that he made some silly fouls at the end of the game, uh, throughout the game that took him out of it when it mattered during winning time, but just an overall great effort from Mo Wagner. I, I was really, really happy uh, with the way that he played. Obviously, the issue for the Orlando Magic was the starter bench disparity. Um, I, I teased the plus minus. Every, at, a, at a game where the Magic were down by as many as 19 points, where the team you know rallied at the end to get back in the game, every Magic player, every starter had a plus minus, uh, had a positive plus minus except for Franz Wagner. He was minus 10, largely because he played with those bench units. Every bench player except for RJ Hampton had a negative plus minus. Terrence Ross was at minus five because he played with the starters that closed the game and really made that rally to get back into it. Overall, the bench makes just six six field goal attempts on 32. They were six for 32 uh, from, the, from the field. The Magic lost this game when they broke their lineup in the first quarter. Um, they fell behind. Or that's when they fell behind. They didn't lose the game there, but they fell behind when they broke their lineup. The starters broke even against the Bucs. Um, and again, it's just really hard to win when you when you don't when you can't rely on uh, when you can't get much of anything from your second unit. You know, Cole Anthony has been pretty solid this year um, since coming back from the injury. 0 for nine for the game, 0 for four from me on the arc. Just couldn't hit a shot to save his life. I'm not so worried about him. I, I thought generally they were good shots. Um, they just they just got to go in. They just weren't going in in this in this one. Terrence Ross two for ten. Caleb Houston one for six. Admiral Schofield was five three for six from the floor. Uh, eight points uh, to lead the Magic off the bench. The Magic needs some support from these bench players, but getting healthy is going to help them get there. You know, obviously kind of moving guys around in the rotation, kind of re-slotting the rotation a little bit um, is going to help. It, it's it's really hard to win when Admiral Schofield's your backup center. That uh, You know, there's a lot of... Admiral Schofield's kind of become the tank commander for this team. I think that's a little unfair. I agree he's not the best player in the world. The Magic shouldn't be relying on him as much as they are. 
Um, but they certainly shouldn't be relying on him as the backup center, and I think he is doing about as well as he can, all things considered. The Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks 109-102. The losing streak is up to nine games this season. They'll get a chance to stop it from getting to 10 on Wednesday against the LA Clippers as this five-game homestand continues with game number two. When we come back, we got Jonathan Isaac news. We're going to get to it coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you know, one of the benefits of me recording a podcast in the morning is I get any stray news that comes out in the morning. So we may touch upon this again on tomorrow's episode if you're a daily listener. If you're not a daily listener, welcome. We, we do post daily, so you can, you can enjoy you can enjoy this anytime you want. Um, but the Orlando Magic announced this morning on Tuesday morning that Jonathan Isaac will begin a rehab stint with the Lakeland Magic. Um as several people, you know, this to me is a huge step. I'm not going to deny it. It is a big, big step in the process. How long this step is toward Isaac returning to play is certainly up for debate. As many people note, Markel Fultz began rehab assignments with the Lakeland Magic in December of last year, did not return until March. Um, so I, I don't think Isaac will take until March. I think it would be really kind of silly for the Magic to do that. Um, but nonetheless, this is a very, very big step for Jonathan Isaac. Um, there's, there's, there's no getting around that. There's no, no debating that. This is, this is a huge, huge deal uh, for Ji. Uh, Orlando is, you know, where Jonathan Isaac is in his recovery process. And yes, it's been two years. You know, put that noise away for now. Where Jonathan Isaac is in his recovery process is he just needs to play. And, and the Magic have been very cautious and very careful of graduating him to the next steps. Um, for about the last month, we know that he's been playing five-on-five five with coaches, so he's been doing a little bit of contact, but going out to play to, to, to practice with the Lakeland Magic. He's not going to play with the Lakeland Magic. He's going to practice with the Lakeland Magic. Going out to practice with the Lakeland Magic is a sign that he is cleared to do contact. It is a sign that he that they they they're, they're putting him in a controlled environment. Maybe yes, with G League players, they're putting him in an environment where he can get practice in. Lakeland practices a lot more than the Magic are able to. The Magic can practice today. I think they have one more practice scheduled for this homestand. Um, you know, the Magic are practicing essentially one, maybe two times a week right now with how busy their schedule has been. Um, rest is a big thing for Orlando. They also don't have a lot of healthy bodies, so they got to get things done in their practice that they that that. You know, they're not going to be able to put the time and attention to Jonathan Isaac. The Lakeland Magic will be able to do that. And so Jonathan Isaac is now very clearly at the step where he is able to play. He's able to do five-on-five. He's able to do contact drills. And now it's just him going through the paces, getting his conditioning back, and seeing how his body responds. Um, You could criticize the Magic all you want uh, for how they've handled the Jonathan Isaac situation, but give them the credit. They are 
providing regular updates now. You're not in the dark about where he's at. You know, again, it's not a daily thing. It is, it is, it is a you know weekly, sometimes monthly thing. We're not in the dark about where he is at. Uh, and I, honestly, I do have to give the manager credit for looking out for the person over, over, over anything else in saying like, look, Jonathan Isaac, Gen- on January 1st, Jonathan Isaac will not have played in three full years. Um, his original knee injury occurred on January 1st, 2020. Um, we, are, we are coming up on the three-year anniversary of that original knee injury um, against the Washington Wizards. Uh, it is, it's been a long time since he has played. Uh, and so I think there is, I think there is good reason for caution to say, okay, let's make sure that his conditioning is there so that he doesn't get a re-injury or that he doesn't injure something else because he's trying to make up, he's he's you know struggling to to keep up. Um, they want to make sure that when he comes back to play, he is back for good. Um, so again, how long will this take? Personally, I am still targeting that uh, homestand that begins just after Christmas. Um, the Magic play, I think the Rockets. Uh, uh, no, the Magic play. They play someone on the twenty third. They play, play someone on the twenty third, and they go to Houston. Uh, maybe that's on the twenty third. Uh, I, I don't have the schedule memorized that far out, but there's a nice little four game homestand that begins uh, right after Christmas into early January before the team heads out west. To me, that is that's my target to bring Jonathan Isaac back. Obviously, I don't know what the medicals are saying. We'll see how he responds to practice in Lakeland. You know, again, if he has a setback, if they have to scale him back, they have to scale him back. Um, but it's a very, very important step for Jonathan Isaac to be able to play five-on-five, five, even practicing without restrictions. The next step is obviously to practice with the team. Again, we saw Markel Fultz join the Magic in January, practice with the team there, not play until March. You know, Again, whether that was <clears throat> a, a, a move to do something else is certainly up for debate, perhaps. But, um, but again... This is a really good step. You know, you, you go through steps along the process, and uh, and 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 this is this is really exciting. You know, again, the Magic just need to be healthy. Um, you know, and anything the Magic get from Jonathan Isaac is going to be a bonus. We don't know what kind of player he's going to be. It's been so long. I, I'm not counting on him to to do a whole lot. Um, I want him to defend well. I want him to make a few open threes. I'm not expecting him to be a 20 point per game scorer or to be the defensive force that he was uh, before the injury, but. You just need him to get back out there, and you just need to get some healthy bodies back out there uh, to help this team kind of survive right now. And, and again, there's 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 a lot of reasons to be excited about this. And I think uh, again, it's it's good news. It's good news day for the Orlando Magic to to know that Jonathan Isaac is going to be playing, uh, is going to be practicing again here very very soon. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them by sending podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. If you're next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked Up Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked Up Magic, this has been Philip Ross from Lake. See you again next time for another episode of Locked Up Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.